Hello, welcome in. Uh, this is the podcast Builder vs. Buyer, and I'm the host, Adam Steiner. Today, joining me, awesome guest, we met on through TikTok. Um, so kind of a kindred spirit, I think, and um, yeah, had some combos behind the scenes. I'm like, hey, we should um, get on each other's, get on the podcast, and I think I'm going to do a live with him on TikTok coming up here. This is Travis Howard at Built by Travis. Travis, what's going on? Hey, doing pretty great, man. Just living life and uh, staying busy. So for those who don't know, who are you? What do you do? Yes. So uh, I own a company. It's called Bit by Travis. Pretty simple. And I started doing uh, remodels and decks and additions and transformed that into right now I'm building uh, my first two spec houses. So I'm really excited to really transition from remodeler and uh, bit builder into being a, uh, a, a home builder. And so that's where I'm heading. Yeah, that's awesome. I feel like there's a lot of people, I've met a lot of people that are either general contracting themselves or want to start building a little bit. So it's cool to talk to you right at this moment. So I think there's a lot of people in this transition period, just like you. Yes. And I feel like a lot of people just in general, uh, how the world's been heading in the past two to three years so many people have transitioned their careers or what they're doing or where they're living at uh, just based on what's happening around them. And for me, you know, being a pastor for 10 years and started the side hustle of just doing deck building and then transitioning into full time general contractor has been huge for me and just uh, it's been great for my family. And God's really just blessed us uh, with this opportunity to really become home builder uh, in the state of Tennessee. Yeah, that's awesome. That's um. So I don't know if you know this or not. That's almost exactly my dad's story. Um, so wow. my grandpa was a builder, drew the plans himself, built everything, um, did every single subcontracted trade. They, you know, they did their own plumbing, HVAC, concrete, everything. So my dad worked for him for a while. You know, he was a youth pastor at the time, and then quit being a youth pastor to become a home builder. Um, so it's, yeah, I, when I saw that on your TikTok, I was like, oh, I need to talk to this guy. Cause that's, um, yeah, that's yeah, pretty cool. Really that's incredible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my dad had a, just a really great mind for the business side of things, but also sales and marketing and yeah, his company really took off and it's been, it's been fun to work with him through that, but, um, that's awesome. man. So how did the transition go between, you know, you're, you're picking up side projects, right? Yes. You're doing yeah. decks. Um, fences, and then wh- what happened to start building spec homes? Okay, so my dream headed into this, I've always thought, like, what's the next step? What's the next biggest thing? Even in, when I was a student pastor, I was like, hey, what, what, what do I need to do in ministry? Where do I need to go? What, how many more kids do, need to be coming? And then when I transitioned into being a contractor, I just thought, well, what's my next step? Well, let's start building houses. Let's do this. Uh, and I had been involved in, in a lot of projects and with other guys and just kind of been developing my subcontracting team uh, around me and really getting to know people. And there's a lot of people in our area that are just like, yeah, I only want to work on new builds. I only want to do uh, these spec houses or do custom houses. And that's their thing. And, I, and they love it. And I was like, well, how many new builds are happening in my area? And I did some research and Middle Tennessee is one of the fastest growing areas in the United States. There's so many people that are moving uh, from other states here. Uh, they, they love it here in Tennessee. And, and there's so many reasons why, but we won't get into that. 
but uh, they uh, they're, they're looking for houses. And my uh, my friend, one of my good friends, he said, hey, Travis, you know, I want you to come do a couple projects for me. And we talked about it. And he said, Travis, you know, I'm thinking about building houses. And I was like, that's cool. And I never thought that we'll, we would get into that. But uh, but about a year later, he said, Travis, uh, let's do this. Let's just start building our, our, our houses. I got two properties. Let's go ahead and do it. And uh, I was like, okay, let's go. And we kind of developed a, par- a partnership and I've got a company and really just launched just head first into building homes. Uh, and it's kind of cool. It's different because the additions is on a small level, I feel like, but the house is on a big level. And from A to Z is a lot longer than just a deck or just a garage or a small bathroom. And that's what excites me because I love every aspect of the building process. I love hanging out with the uh, mortar guys and the concrete guys. I love hanging out with the framer guys. They're incredible. I hope you don't hear that. Oh, you're fine, dude. Okay. I got a phone call right in the middle of that <laughs> craziness. But I love just every part of the process with building and I enjoy uh, hanging out with everybody in that. And so that's, I don't know, that's, that's what it really excites me so much about just building houses and making sure uh, that the project's done right and things like that. So, yeah, that's awesome. Um, when you, when you first started talking about building, like what, what was your headspace? Was it, were you, were you nervous, excited? Um, yeah. I, I, okay. So I thought I would be in this process like two years later. Like I was, I'd talk to my wife and I was like, Hey, this is what I want to want to want to happen. Uh, I want to do this additions for another two years. And then I want to transition. But when my partner came up and uh, my friend, he said, Hey, let's do this. Uh, I was like, well, now's the time let's go. And uh, I'm all about, if, if, if the time is now, let's go, let's move, let's move forward. I don't like to waste time, but at the same time, I want to step into this cautiously and I'm kind of nervous because it's like, man, I'm going to mess up. And I feel like I've already messed up with subs and, and scheduling things and ran across a bunch of problems with, with our houses that I haven't experienced in doing additions or doing decks or garages or things like that, that I'm experiencing now but I'm learning and it's a whole, it's a whole learning curve and process to what I'm doing. And I feel like every contractor learns uh, something new every week, you know, that they're working. Yeah. And I think the not so big secret here is um, there's something that's screwed up in every house in America. <laughs> yes. Ever been built, you know, <laughs> um, sorry to all you homeowners listening that think your builder is perfect. They're Probably not. And no. I saw a good post on Facebook this morning as, um, what is it? Everybody screws up, but pros know how to fix it. Yeah. That's, that's a, a great point. What are, what are some of the, um, the key learning experiences from those mistakes? Like you got any examples you could share? I think for one is don't stay calm. It's going to be okay. I think that's the first thing that I'd be, when something happens, I tell myself this, like, okay, it's going to be Okay. I'm going to get through this. And, uh, you know, it's this whole learning curve. Uh, the guys are going to get this project done. And uh, it may not be on the time I want it to be done, but it's going to happen and it's going to move forward. Um, and there might be aspects of it that it's like, oh, man, that looks like junk. Uh, but then you just have a conversation with somebody and say, hey, here's a problem. Can you come fix it? Or, hey, what do we need to do to fix this? You know, Um but I think that's the biggest thing. Just stay calm. 
talk to your your subcontractors, people that are that are working for you, uh, just respectfully. Sometimes it might be an issue that they have no idea, or they didn't see, or a laborer on their crew did something and they just forgot about it, or you know passed it up. Uh, and it may not be their fault. Now I feel like there's a lot of contractors out there that if they see a problem they immediately go to fussing and getting rage mad. And I think sometimes just going to that person really respectfully, um, for one, it, it, you know, you're, you're talking to another man or another, another business person uh, in a way that you want to be talked to. You know, I don't want nobody raging right, mad at right. me. I hate that. And when, when you go into that person, you have this problem and you're able to fix through it. You're, basically investing in that person and they're going to look to you and respect you more. And they're going to go the extra mile when you need them to go the extra mile. Yeah. Yeah. All the best site superintendents and project managers I know have like such a great way to talk to trades. Like yeah. I think everybody knows the the project manager that freaks out and gets really mad <laughs> really quickly. Yes. And, and nobody like, wants to work for them. Right. There, there's yeah. there's guys, I think everybody can think of somebody right now where they're just always running on 11 and they get stuff done and their jobs usually turn out, but the best ones are the ones that have, you know, that great relationship with subs. And like, there's a few people I can think of that both when they get done with the project, the subs and the client like them, like that's an impossible, yes. you know, equation. That's, it's hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's done through a lot of hard work and a lot of really good conversations. Um, so yeah, I, that's awesome that you share that. Cause I think, I think it's not said enough. Um, sadly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any, any, um, just tough lessons getting into building. Like what's, what's something that you're like, Oh, I'm building a home now. I didn't realize I had to do this. Okay. Um, so like that come up? a couple of things right off the bat is lead time on projects. You got to stay ahead of the game. Um, for example, we ordered windows for two of our houses in at the very beginning of March. And these were normal windows. They weren't nothing spectacular. And they're going to get here in the middle of next month. Uh, we ordered windows way early because we knew that we thought they'd be here a little bit ahead of time. But just knowing certain lead times with different things, garage doors, three months out, we've already ordered garage doors. Uh, there's different trades that are that are months that are working. Maybe they can't get to you to two months. So it's better to go ahead and schedule them and just communicate with them. And it's also great for you to say, hey, you know, roofer, I was ready for you to come this week. But guess what? The truss crane couldn't uh, do trusses because there was a storm that came through last week. And so it put our framers back a couple of days and just kind of communicate that with everybody. And I feel like if you do that and communicate your with your subs and with your suppliers, it's all going to be good uh, and just do it way ahead of time. And yeah. uh, for some things like for our trusses, uh, my, my uh, supplier called me up and said, Travis, uh, guess what? Uh, uh, we can get your trusses there this month or next week, or we can get them there in a, uh, in August, I said, let's go next week. And uh, he got them there and we were able to cover them up and they sat on a lot for a couple of weeks. But it's just one of those things where you just got to roll what you got. Um, and then I think that that's something huge. And then also is certain things in uh, the houses where we're building that they're out in the county uh, and they have septic tanks. And 
one of the things in Tennessee um, is that we have an environmental control agency, whatever, in Tennessee. Uh, TDEC is what they're called, uh, the Tennessee Department of Environmental Conservation. And they have a hand in septic tanks because they want it done right. And I, I want septic tanks done right, too. But whenever you get anything with the government involved and permits and stuff, sometimes it takes a lot longer in that process because everybody else is going to the same people. Right. Yep. And it took us three months to get septic approval. So we had to go out there, have our houses staked off and say, hey, this is where we want our house. Is that OK, TDEC? Is it okay for our septic tank to go in this area? What do you think? You know, is the soil okay? And they come out there and do the test. And I've learned so much about that process that I had no clue when I did additions and, and remodels yeah. that that was going to be a big thing, you know? Uh, yeah. And then we're also building on a state highway. So uh, our state highway, they the tile, the road tile, the driveway going onto the road, they want it done a certain way. They want a certain size culvert. They want uh, the the concrete driveway to look a certain way and have the the nice concrete forms on the on the ends. And they want you know certain measurements and certain widths and lengths that we need to be able to communicate that to our concrete guys. And we need to make sure we have that done right. So that was a big thing that we didn't foresee coming. And a lot of that was because it's on a state highway. Another thing, our power company, because we had to get a power pole, our houses are right next to each other. Uh, and we need to get power to our houses. So they dropped a power pole in between, like right on the property line, which is great. But they had to carry the line across the road. So they applied for a permit through the state, the power company did, to do this. And it took them two months to get the, uh, that permit approved. So it's a whole process when you're looking through everything and making sure it's done right, it's done professionally, that all the permitting is is okay. And sometimes you might mess up, but you just kind of uh, re reconfigure, re you know, get your team back together and look at everything and say, hey, what do we need to do to make this right? How do we take this next step forward? And sometimes you might have to take that step back and, and stand, stand back and look at everything. Yeah. I get the question a lot on TikTok, like, how do I know what permits I need, what drawings I need, where, where would you recommend somebody start with that? Okay. So a big thing is just going to, we have a County codes uh, department. Uh, so usually your County codes or your city codes, you can go directly to them in, in our County, at least is what I've, I've uh, come to find out that has just been really easy. And as a builder, I've developed a relationship with the codes inspector and, uh, and it's been a great relationship he loves what, what we do. And a lot of times he comes in and says, Hey, did you do this, this, and this, and this? And I'm like, yeah, you want to look at it? And he's like, yeah, I looked at it. Looks great. And thumbs up and exits. He knows that, that, Hey, we do a good job that we want to make sure everything's done right and done better than what, like the bare minimum. Right. So mm -hmm. that's great. But I think starting there, go into your codes department and it might get crazy and there might be people that don't want to help you. And, you know, every time you go to somebody at the desk, everybody gets like, oh, man, this is this person doesn't want to help me. But just keep on going and be persistent. And be nice to those people. Bring them donuts one morning uh, just to get some answers. They'll love you forever uh, if you do that. Yeah, I, I think that's the most key relationship in any any building company like yes. period <laughs> end of sentence that yeah you um, don't want to get your codes guy mad at you because 
He will yeah. come in and he'll see something small and he'll fail you uh, for like just little nitpicky things. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you've developed that relationship and, and have a good relationship with that guy, it's going to be great. And he can, you know, our guy, his name's Steven and Steven can call, call me up and say, Travis, Hey, I'm going to pass you, but you got a couple things that, that you need to do this and this. And I'm like, okay, I'm get, I'll get it done. I'll just shoot him uh, a text with a picture of what I did to fix it. And it's great. He's yeah. like, yeah, let's go. Uh, and, and that's the relationship that I've had with our county guy, uh, and the, the city guys as well. So, yeah. um, if you, if you earn that trust, that's the the process you can get. It saves mm-hmm. so much time and energy. And if you ruin yes. that trust, it's yeah. Red tag and fees and red tag and reinspect. Yes. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot, of, a lot of time and energy spent. Um, right. How and, did you handle? Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say this on last thing on codes guys. The codes people are on your team. <laughs> they're not. They're not their own separate team. They're not competing with you. They want you to succeed. And I think if you go into that with that mindset, I think that's great. Uh, oh, that's just such good advice. That. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's awesome. <laughs> um, so, as a new builder, um, a lot of builders I work for, they've got boatloads of documentation, right? The, yeah. the contracts and the option sheets and the the work orders and things like that. How did you guys start off that process? So very minimum as far as paperwork and stuff, even so in my company, when I just did side decks and stuff, uh, I had very minimal, it was like handshake agreement. And then I got burned a couple of times and it's like, okay, I got to have paperwork and I got to do this and I need to record stuff. And I feel like we've done really good at recording and setting up contracts and things like that. But a lot of subcontractors in our area, they still go, it's like the good old boy system. It's like, hey, we know you. We, we we're gonna do work for you, and uh, and as long as you know you agree on the handshake, we'll we'll, we'll roll with it. Uh, so we're right now we're developing that what it looks like to have some sort of subcontract subcontractor uh, form. We do make sure our guys are uh, they have the workers comp. That was that's something huge that you want to make sure your crews or anybody that comes and works on your property there they have that workers comp and they have the insurance. That's that's two key items. Um, that I think any builder or custom uh, house builder, or, you know, you're building your own house. That's what you need to make sure because you can get messed up in a hurry. So yeah. we make sure that we make sure, you know, they have a business license. They have the proper license, especially for your plumber and uh, electrical and HVAC. Uh, a lot of roofers and framers, there's not a framing license per se in some states. I'm not sure uh, outside of Tennessee as much. Uh, but here we don't have a roofer's license or a or a framing license, but there is a separate roofer's insurance. And so I made sure that our roofers, they have that insurance, that they know what's going on uh, and that they're qualified for that job. Um, so that's something huge. So we're developing that right now and we're trying to develop some sort of contract that has a timeline as well in it, because what we're finding out is that and it's and a couple of con, uh, subcontractors that we've had so far that we've said, hey, can you can you come out here this month or something? And, and they put us back. Uh, our footer guy and our one of our block layers, and it kind of took us and led us to go with other subcontractors. Which at one point it's actually good because we know that we're not going to use those guys ever again. You know, uh, so we learned our lesson. But we want something like that in our in our contract, and it can be super lenient. 
but we, I feel like I need something uh, so we can develop that and, and be on schedule with things. Cause you don't want the lots to sit there for three weeks and nothing happened to it. Because mm-hmm. uh, uh, at that point you're losing money and everybody's waiting on the next guy, right? Yep. Yeah, I would I would say I would recommend if you can to do job site expectations. You mm. know that it'll be clean after it's done. You know, yes. if you have any code notes that you need to note for the anything that's not on the plan. Um, to do job site expectations, the pricing and the time frame all in one document. Um, so nobody has any gray area. There's nothing mm-hmm. missed. Like, Hey, you signed this when you bid the house, <laughs> you said you're going to yeah. do X, Y, and Z. Um, cause yeah, I'm sure you've had the conversations where it's like, well, it's not my responsibility to clean the job. I don't clean the job for any of the other mm-hmm. trades. Why <laughs> oh, the other guys I work for, why should I do it for you? Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. so the, all that little stuff is, is where builders, succeed and fail mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. yeah buttoning up and, those and i feel like them. for example our footer guy uh he came and he dug our footers and in the middle of this process this is this is the first contractor subcontractor to come work on our houses and i feel like we like face planted when at when he got we got him to work and he's done work for me in the past he's done work for my partner in the past and we loved him and we're like oh he's gonna do a great job well our footer guy came out and he said, hey, Travis, uh, you know, your footers, they're going to cost $2,000 more than what I bid. And I was like, what? What do you mean? And he's like, yeah, I didn't realize this was going to be so much. I was like, you didn't. You had the plans. You had all the opportunity to come out here, put your transit on the on, and survey the property. The surveyors come out here, pin the corners for you and the, the, the peer locations. What do you mean that it's going to cost more? You had ample opportunity. And, uh, and so we had a long talk. We're not going to use that guy ever again. Uh, and it really hurt us because that was a relationship that I had built up that I was like, oh, this guy's going to be great. He's going to do such an awesome job. And then we get to our houses and it just fails. Um, and I think, you know, you just got to have those hard conversations with people at that point in time. And we, we ate it uh, on our end because we felt like our integrity, it means more to us than the $2,000. At the end of the yeah. day, it hurts. Yeah. It sucks. Uh, but at the end of the day, we want to be the guys and the contractors. The subcontractor says, hey, you owe me this. And we don't pay it to them. We don't want to have that name around in the community that we don't pay our guys. You know, we want to pay mm-hmm. our guys. And we feel like that we're making money. <laughs> we want the people under us to make money, too. We don't want to jip them, you know. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's the thing. But it hurts when people you know, they might treat us that way or they don't do their homework uh, on it. And so, um, but yeah, that's, that's something that we're working on right now. I got several sheets in the process and we're looking at and trying to figure out what language do we need in those sheets? Yeah. Or in those forms. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot. I'm I'm actually, yeah. Um, I'll save my plugs for later. I'm actually working with, with a builder to release a document for work orders and option sheets and all that. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, well, like I said, I'll plug that later. Um, any, so somebody in your similar situation, like, Hey, I want to start building a couple spec homes or I want to GC my own home. What's the first piece of advice you would give them? Okay. So if you want to build spec homes, get to know everybody, uh, get to know all the people you see somebody at Lowe's, start a conversation with them, have your business cards in your pocket, ask them what they do. 
talk to other people, um, the, the suppliers and say, hey, who who does work? Who does the best work? And so the other day, I, one relationship that I haven't had is a relationship with a painter in our community. And uh, I I went to the paint guy at, at Lowe's because I have a good relationship with him. And I said, hey, Gordon, uh, who's the best painter um, that you have a relationship with? And he said, hey, uh, he just walked away from me. Let me go get him for you. And we had a five minute conversation <laughs> right there. And I felt good about him. I was like, man, I want to hire you right now. And he's, you know, this was, I think yesterday <laughs> and he's going to, I send him the plans and he's going to shoot me a bid. And not only that, he does sheetrock. I have a sheetrock guy, but I was like, well, uh, there's, I like it when the sheetrock guy and the painters all in one, that's cool. Uh, when I worked with my father-in-law, we'd love to do that because it gets the job moving faster. So yeah, bid sheetrock too. That's, that's awesome. So we can see what, you know, what you do and how you compare. And, you know, if you're the same price, but you can get stuff done faster. Let's just go. So just having those relationships with people, building those relationships is huge. If you're a homeowner and, or you're building your own home as a custom uh, home builder, it can be a nightmare if you let it be a nightmare. And I think what a lot of custom or what a lot of people who build their own house, they send out a bunch of bids to different contractors and they don't do their research on these guys and these guys come in and do really terrible work or they maybe lead them into a different direction uh, than what the homeowner uh, envisions in their house. And I feel like a general contractor, you know, they have experience and they seen things done a certain way and they might say, hey, you need to change things up a little bit, you know, and and different trades guys, they see things in a different way. They see how, you know, their trade can affect the rest of the house, like the block layer. He knows you know how to do different things, and if a wall is is out of out of whack, maybe he can have that conversation with me. Well, if you're only building one house, you might not develop the greatest relationship with subcontractors, and you can get the cheapest bids all day long. But when they come in and do work for you, it can be really bad. Uh, I went to do an estimate for uh, a home. Uh, just south of me. And I do a lot of cable rails on my decks. And uh, there's a, a pattern that, that a lot of people have asked me to do. And I've become a pro at it uh, on decks and on the insides of stair rails with, with cables. And uh, I went in and inspected this house and it was a, the homeowner acted as the general contractor and uh, they built their own house. And their front porch was out of whack. It was out of level. I noticed it right when I came on the property, their steps for their deck were like awful. Uh, and probably in six months, they're going to be falling down. Their rails were not up to code. They had pressure treated wood inside their house for the handrails down their steps. And I felt like I was like, oh, that I don't know. I don't know if that's not a, if it's a code issue or a violation there, but it's just something that I wouldn't do. I don't think you should do that either. And it's not going to look good in six months when that wood shrinks. And so this is all conversations that I'm having with that homeowner and saying, Hey, look, I think you need to do this, this, and this. Did, did any of these subs have this conversation with you? No, no one had this conversation. No one told me that. I'm sorry that I'm the first one to tell you this. And, and I feel like they need to do the research and it's hard. Uh, I would strongly suggest if you're building your own house, try to get a general contractor to do it. Uh, I'm all about that. If Because these guys work with subcontractors day in and day out. And if you don't do your adequate research, you're going to be like those clients and 
be calling a general contractor later on to come fix these issues uh, that people have left you with. Um, whereas a general contractor in the middle of this process could have went to his sub and said, hey, this deck's out of level, let's fix it. Or, hey, I don't think we should use pressure treated wood in the inside for your handrails. Let's see, is there a different product? Let's look at this these plans and see what it calls for. So I don't know, that, that's certain things that uh, yeah. uh, I would just just highly proceed with caution, do research and do research on people that you're hiring to come build your house. Yeah, that's great advice. I, I feel like I've been in the industry 20 years and GCing my own house scares me. If it scares me, it should probably scare you. <laughs> you yeah. know, like you, the listener, I'm not saying you, Travis, but um, like there's a lot that goes into it. And I think mm. I'm, I'm surprised when I hear clients say they think they can build it cheaper than a builder can. Cause I, I like, I hear builders talk about the bids they're getting and, and things like that. And I'm get really aggressive numbers. Like if you build 20 to 50 homes a year, you're getting a lot better numbers than somebody who's building one yes. and a lot better scheduling. And like, mm. there's just so much that goes into that. I, I think, I think people really underestimate that. Yeah. Um, well, for instance, like my roofer, he comes to me cause I do roofs over decks all the time. I feed him business. Yeah. So he's booked out, I think three or four, four months ahead. But on this house, because I've worked with him before he, you know, texted me up this morning and said, Hey, is the house ready? And I had that conversation with him. Hey, it will be ready on this date. Pick a date next week and come to the roof. He's like, okay, my guys are going to be out there Thursday. But he moved me ahead of homeowners because I've developed that relationship with them. And I feel like a lot of custom or, or if you're building your own house, you don't have that relationship with them and you're only building one house. Mm -hmm. That's one job for that guy. A general contractor, that's hundreds of jobs for years. Right. Uh, for that crew, they're going to be constantly fed. They're not going to worry about having to figure out where their paychecks come from because they're constantly getting work from built by Travis or from a uh, general contractor or Cookville, you know. Uh, and I think uh, if you're building your own house, you got to realize that uh, about these relationships. And it might scheduling might play a huge key role and it might take longer uh, for that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I wanted to switch gear. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say one more thing. Yeah, go for <laughs> I it. I hear this a lot about custom, about custom house uh, builders. There is, there's not a lot of custom house builders in our area. I want to get into it. I'm excited because I enjoy hanging out with people and talking to people. And uh, I love, you know, building decks and fences and creating outdoor space, a dream outdoor space for my clients. And so I think the next level would be create a house for them. Well, I've heard a lot of horror stories where people – they're mean to their general contractor or they're, you know, very micromanaging or a certain way towards them. And I feel like that rubs it the wrong way, rubs the general contractor the wrong way. And a lot of general contractors are like, nah, I'm not going to do it. Uh, and I've talked to my partner about it and I said, Hey, have you ever thought about doing a custom build? And he's like, I don't know if I want any part of it. And, uh, and so it's hard. Because in yeah. our area, there's not a lot of guys that are willing to build you a house. Uh, but at the same, and so I understand why people are like, "Hey, I'm going to build my own house because you know Travis is booked up; he can't do it. Uh, this yeah, guy's booked a great up; point. he can't do it." Uh, so I, I get it; I understand. 
But if you going back to building those relationships, if you're nice to them and you come to them humble and bring them donuts, bring them a gift card, whatever, and just kind of win them over and influence them to work for you and to you know build your dream house. You know, uh, what's the old saying? You can catch more flies with honey uh, than yeah. you can with anything else, right? So, you know, and uh, and I had to agree with it. You know, yeah, that's yeah, great advice. Um, I wanted to sh- switch gears a little bit here and talk about TikTok because we're both pretty active there. And that's where we met. Um, what is, what's, what's going on with your channel? What, it, what kind of content do you do? What, what have you found there? Why, why are you on it? Okay. My favorite thing about TikTok is the ability to meet guys like you and have conversations with, uh, with you guys across the States. You know, that's cool. That is, that is awesome uh, for me. Uh, one cool thing, and I don't know if you know this, my wife, uh, she's way TikTok famous, uh, more than me. Uh, she, her account's Carly gets gnarly and she has like, I think a quarter million followers. I did not know this. That's no, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and, uh, she's been a social media marketer and, uh, and doing the behind the scenes for a, uh, a lot of, for our church when we were, pa- when I was pastor, she would do. Uh, she was actually on staff at the church as a social media marketer. And then she got a job here in Cookville uh, at an RV dealership. And she does the videos and graphic designs and goes out and and does the marketing for the, the sale of RVs. And so she knows so much about social media, more than like she knows she will forget more than I learned, right, about social media. Um, and so she's taught me a lot and said, Travis, I think you need to post more. I think you need to do this. Yeah, right. You can get a lot of you get a lot of views if you do this. And I said, okay. <laughs> and I just kind of been posting, and I feel like I've gotten lucky. <laughs> part of it, you know, some of my videos, I'm like, this ain't gonna get no views, and it gets like a million views. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a wild, wild place to be. You're right. There's sometimes where I'm like, oh, this is gonna get views, and nobody watches yeah. it. No, yeah, it's like crickets. Yeah, and, and then other times I'm like, oh, I'll just post this, and it's hundreds of the. I I don't. I still haven't wrapped my head around how it all works and what happens. I will say similar to you, like it's so cool to meet people that have genuine questions. Like there's negativity out there. Sure. Yeah. Um, I've gotten a little of it, nothing bad, but um, you know, there's so many more people that are just like, Hey, what do I need on my survey or what, yeah. whatever it is? And I'm just like, Oh yeah. If I can help answer that question, that's, that's genuinely fun for me. And I'm meeting new people and I've gotten, awesome clients from it all over the States, like you said, you know, and it's, it's just bizarre, but, um, it's been really fun. And I I love to, when I started my business, I was like, I'm, I'm not like a sales shark, you know, I'm not going to be the guy that's cold calling constantly and sending all the emails and stuff. I'm like, I just can't build my business that way. That's not my personality. And I'm like, but I can, I can share information. And if that leads to business and leads to people finding me, like, that seems like a win-win. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that's what really gravitated me toward it. Yeah. I, I enjoy it. I think, yeah. Developing relationships going there again. I love that. It's fun. I enjoy documenting what I do and helping people. Yeah. Uh, and I ignore the trolls. I'm sure you do too. Yeah. Yeah. I try to, I think like, I don't know if I'm really honest, I, see everything just about and some stuff bugs me you know i'm not big enough to not see all my comments right yeah yeah (laughs) uh there's some stuff that bugs me but yeah you just have to 
remind yourself it's a one-off it's a whatever um you know and, and move on and th- right yeah. right you can't please everybody you know uh right. we when I was a pastor, we talked about, oh, if we gave everybody that came through the door a $20 bill, there's going to be somebody that says, why didn't you give me 21? Better yet, why didn't you give me $50? You know, and yeah. because you can't please everyone. And there's going to be mm-hmm. somebody out there that trolls you or to, you know, they're going to try to make fun of you and you just got to move on. It's okay. Let them do their thing. Uh, yeah. And so, and I remind myself, like, it helping people brings me happiness. Yeah. Well, right. This, I guess this guy brings him happiness to pick on me or bully me, whatever, you know? Okay. Uh, but it doesn't, I, I try to like, all right, I'm going to live above that. I'm my integrity means way more than trying to lash back out and be mad or let that ruin my day. Right. And just kind of move right. forward. Right. Yeah. So for those of you listening, check out at built by Travis. Are you on any other platforms or is it just TikTok? Uh, I got a little bit of Instagram, not much, but Facebook is uh, my other huge platform. Uh, if you want to do any business, you can message me through Facebook. If you have a question, Facebook's the way to go. And so I got a large following there as well. Yeah. But check his stuff out. It's mm-hmm. super helpful. Really well done. Travis, well, thank thanks you so much for jumping on the podcast with me today. And yes. um, yeah, wish you nothing but the best. Well, thank you, Adam. Mm-hmm.